Hello everyone, this is the next session of the podcast series that CMS is running in Central and Eastern Europe. My name is Jolt Okanyi and I'm the global and regional head of the dispute resolution practice within CMS. Today I'm sitting here with two of my fellow partners and fellow litigators. Let me introduce you to them. We have Daniela Carolus Brunner from Vienna, who is heading our litigation and arbitration practice in Austria and in several countries in Southeast Europe. And uh, I'm happy to introduce you Malgorzata Surdek, who is the head of our litigation arbitration practice in Poland. Uh, Malgorzata, beyond her engagement with CMS, is also a member of the ICC Court for Poland. Um, as a topic, Today, we uh, are going to look at the uh, potential disputes that may arise of a potential uh, uh, project or contract disruptions uh, as a direct or indirect consequence of the COVID-19 pandemic. So my first question, ladies, is uh, what do you think, uh, which fields, legal areas or industry sectors uh, will be the ones where uh, COVID-19 uh, claims are likely to emerge. Um, perhaps we could start with Magosha. Uh, Jolt, uh, honestly, I cannot see that many COVID-19 related disputes being litigated as yet. However, certain businesses have already started seeking advice, pre-litigation advice. Uh, these are, for example, construction companies assessing their time uh, delay and additional remuneration claims. Uh, these are policyholders who are willing to test their business interruption insurance policies. Um, however, in the near future, I expect to see more and more disputes related to insolvency and restructuring to uh, cyber uh, security breaches, as well as state aid related measures. Thank you. Daniela, what's the situation in Austria? Actually the same. Uh, so, so far we have not really seen a rise in litigation um, and rising cases. What we also do expect, unfortunately, will be increasing number of insolvency now in autumn. That has been delayed due to the COVID measures in many countries, postponing deadlines, extending deadlines, lowering the, the, the criteria, etc. So in, a number of insolvencies are, in my view, on hold, if you would like uh, to put it like that. And also with respect to the other areas, uh, I think we will see a number of uh, cases coming up due to delays uh, in several industries, delays caused, caused by COVID and uh, increase of cost in the meantime and, all, and what that entails. But this will be for the future to be seen. Um, now, looking at the courts, uh, we have uh, got uh, some experiences uh, during the uh, first lockdown in March, April, May, in the spring months. How did, in your experience, state courts handle the lockdown measures? And looking forward, as now we are talking about the potential second wave, what do you think, how they will react uh, if further restrictions or another lockdown is to come? Well, as far as Poland is concerned, uh, in this spring, uh, almost the entire court system came to a standstill. 
save for some urgent cases, mostly in criminal matters. Uh, however, judges were issuing decisions in all instances that did not require public hearings. For example, they decided upon uh, interim and conservatory measures securing parties' claims. Uh, but all public hearings, all evidentiary hearings, have been cancelled and postponed uh, until uh, late summer, early autumn. So now they are being resumed. Uh, so far, so good. There are public hearings uh, ongoing. However, um, as we expect, there will be a as you said, second wave of pandemic uh, this autumn. So uh, many people are wondering to what extent uh, we will be able to use virtual hearings in the common courts, in the state courts. Uh, well, theoretically, such a possibility exists as a result of the recent anti-COVID legislation. However, I would say it's more a theory than a everyday practice. This is because courts still require some heavy investment into their IT infrastructure. And also judges, experts, counsel need to uh, very uh, fast upgrade their IT literacy or capabilities. So uh, I don't expect uh, another lockdown, uh, but I expect severe uh, delays in court procedures. It's pretty much the same over here. Uh, during the lockdown, of course, there were no hearings at all. Uh, we were seeing, we saw the judges issue urgent decisions, but otherwise all the deadlines were extended until the end of the lockdown. And so, in effect, all the proceedings only resumed again after the lockdown. With respect to a second wave, uh, this would be very different because by now the courts have adjusted very much. So in Austria, we already have electronic file, filings for years. So that's nothing new. So our court files are done electronically. The communication with the courts is done electronically. But of course, the hearings were in person and this has changed. The Austrian Ministry of Justice has acquired a business Zoom license, uh, which is now used by all the judges and all the courts throughout Austria. And so the courts can actually hold and invite you to a virtual hearing uh, via a Zoom link. And this is quite regularly done now. You are required, though, to give your consent and you can simply deny it. But most of the time, the consent is actually giving with certain exceptions. And that works pretty well. A number of judges still prefer to hold in-person hearings. Uh, what the courts have done is they have restricted the number of hearings. Uh, they have restricted the number of courtrooms that can be used at the same time in order to also limit the number of people being in the same court building uh, at one moment. Uh, that means that suddenly we have hearings at 6 p.m. in the evening, etc. So it requires quite some flexibility from everyone. And of course, you have to wear masks, your temperature is taken. So there are precautions. They have um, installed a kind of plexiglass, um, small uh, walls in the courtrooms to separate people. So a lot has been done. And I think we are pretty well um, now prepared for a second wave if it happens. 
Now, based on these experiences, would you advise clients to um, agree to arbitration or perhaps to resort to mediation uh, with a view to a potential second wave of the pandemic? This is a very interesting question. I mean, for years, if not decades, we have been promoting arbitration and, of course, also mediation because it's more flexible, aside of, of course, other advantages. And also because we have seen already in the last years that arbitral institutions have prepared uh, much more than, than, than courts uh, for uh, using technologies, etc., having electronic files and so on. However, what I've seen now has changed my views quite substantially. While courts continue to proceed after this phase of adapting, I see that arbitral tribunals and arbitrators are, as always, extremely concerned by due process. In times of COVID, that means that they can be uh, pretty reluctant to agree or to impose or to order uh, virtual hearings, uh, video conferences, etc., if not all of the parties agree. On the one hand, we see a number of arbitrators who are personally not that technology fit and IT fit, so they are reluctant. Uh, sometimes they don't have the capabilities. Um, and in general, as soon as one of the parties object, we run into a real issue that you don't observe in that dramatic impact in courts now. So actually, it's currently easier for parties to come up with delay tactics by stating that they can't prepare for the hearings uh, because their clients cannot travel, etc., or that uh, they cannot uh, agree to virtual hearings for many re reasons. And so hearings are postponed just recently in one of my cases by half a year, although the hearing had been scheduled for more than one and a half years. And that is less likely with all the restrictions that we are seeing in uh, ordinary court proceedings. So I have, actually, I must say, there is quite a change in mind ongoing now. Well, I will certainly agree with Daniela on mediation. I think it's always a very healthy option, especially now in the times of pandemic, where it is uh, relatively easy to organize it in the virtual space. Um, I personally am involved right now in one cross-border mediation precisely because witnesses cannot travel to court due to some uh, not official administrative restrictions. They may, of course, come with the second wave, but due to some restrictions in their organizations. So we have mediation sessions on Teams and it works pretty well. We all also tested uh, Zoom. However, there were some concerns, which are, of course, in the public domain over uh, data security and data privacy. Um, so we stick with Zoom, uh, with uh, Teams, and it works quite well. It resembles more a ordinary uh, business meeting, albeit uh, heated at times. Uh, as far as arbitration is concerned, obviously, in my head of an ICC court member, uh, well, I'm a great supporter and a great fan of arbitration. 
Um, and although I'm trying to present a slightly more nuanced view, I must agree with Daniela, and I think that uh, your observations are well spotted. Uh, indeed, um, evidentiary hearings are very difficult to be conducted unless you resort to a well-renowned institution and you have a IT infrastructure around not only video conferencing platforms, but also document sharing platforms. You have IT uh, teams supporting you in case of any problems. Uh, so it is possible, but um, as you said quite rightly, Daniela, uh, in the absence of uh, one party consent to virtual hearing, we are in trouble because uh, indeed arbitrators take a very cautious approach. Uh, and they are afraid of uh, breaching due process. However, obviously in arbitration, you can hold uh, procedural hearings, organizational hearings online, and this has been a habit for many years right now. So I would say arbitration is a few steps ahead of a court system, uh, particularly in my jurisdiction. I hear you have got very interesting experiences with online hearings. Uh, so knowing all this, what would you suggest to businesses? What is what uh, uh, we can learn out of uh, your experiences? I think businesses need to consider even more carefully than before their jurisdiction clauses. We all know that in many contracts they tend to be the so-called midnight clauses that nobody really thinks about. And the times like, uh, with COVID have shown to us that this is extremely important. When you are likely to litigate in countries where the court system is functioning well, you might reconsider and actually opt for court uh, for, for litigation rather than arbitration, even though that may sound strange. Uh, you definitely uh, want to think about avoiding disputes at all, and I think Malgosha will elaborate on that further based on her experience as mediator as well. Finally, even more than in the past, you need to consider any dispute, any litigation, any arbitration as a real project with a lot of advanced planning. You need to plan in advance much more than before. You need to consider travel potential travel restrictions. You need to make your witnesses, experts, etc. available to ensure that they have the IT capacities, technology, etc. to either be uh, participating in your preparation or even attend a virtual hearing. You want to think about all the concerns that may come along with virtual hearings, like where is the witness? Is the witness alone? Is the witness reading some prepared statements? Is it really a cross-examination without any external influence? Etc. Etc. So there's a lot of planning. And of course, you want to consult with your counsel in advance on all of that. I would very much agree with most of what Daniela said. Um, uh, first of all, one size does not fit all. It very much depends on the kind of case you are at, at hand. Uh, if you do not require extensive witness or expert examination, you may uh, endeavor documents on the arbitration. Uh, or you, if you do have, you still can try to win some time through so-called bifurcation. So by asking uh, 
the arbitral tribunal or the court to take your case in stages because some legal issues, for example, that have to be decided uh, may not require uh, witness examination or, or expert cross-examination. Uh, I always recommend parties to try mediation or negotiation because now, especially in the times of pandemic, it can be done quite effectively online and also it saves a lot of time and a lot of cost uh, if successful. Uh, however, uh, it is always good to undertake preparation. Online hearings are possible, although especially if there is a lot of oral evidence, I agree with Daniela, it's a little bit risky. But if you have an appetite for doing this, then you have to prepare, then you have to um, equip yourself with a proper infrastructure, and then you have to train yourself to make sure that you are capable of uh, you know, running the show. Well, Magosha, Daniela, thank you very much for this excellent overview. I'm afraid we have exhausted our allotted time and I want to thank also to our audience for listening and hope to have you back on further occasions of this podcast series. Thank you and goodbye.